Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 364 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Apologies for the hoarse voice this week. This episode features the return of Jonathan Lewis, a terrific writer who does wonderful work in both comics and video games, among other things. He's got a couple of Kickstarters going on that he's going to tell us about, so we want to be sure to catch up on them. One of them is the final in a three-issue arc about the Bug War. And he's got some interesting facts that I'm sure you'll enjoy. And he tells you how to participate in the Kickstarter as well as the other one. And both have reached their goals, so there's extra goodies to come. We talk about other things, including other areas of comics, which is always fun with Jonathan. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode. So let's get on with the show. We were at war. We had no choice. At least, that's what we told ourselves. On the front line, you do what you have to do. Could I have changed his mind? Persuaded him? Perhaps. But could I have done it in time? History is something in the past which is judged by the present. I replay that moment in my mind every day. And every time, I come out with the same conclusion. Someone had to take charge. And that someone was me. It 
it's great to start off 2019 with one of the favorites here at the Wayne's Comics Podcast, and that's Jonathan Lewis from Shades of Vengeance. How are you doing today, Jonathan? Oh, fantastic as always, Wayne. Always amazing to be on your podcast. I was a fan of you from before I started writing comics. To actually get to be on your podcast and to to have you say what you just said is really amazing. Well, I sure appreciate it. I, I You're the only one I know of who was a fan before we started talking. And I should clear it up right away that my voice is not at the best right now. I'm a little hoarse because I've been fighting a chest cold. My sinuses run into my throat, which runs to my upper chest. And I have had three antibiotics so far. Nothing's worked, but we'll see how we do it. But anyway, we'll keep going. Uh, I hope it doesn't bother people too much. I'll try to let you do as much talking as possible because you sound much better than I do. Oh, and you know I love to talk. <laughs> well, go for it. Well, I, I tell you something, but if you're a podcaster, you know full well you don't want to talk to somebody who doesn't like talking. That, that's when you can hear the sweat. There was a. I think it was Lance, somebody who was, I had a friend of mine I used to do a podcast with, he was from London, and what he would do was, he got this person on from uh, uh, one of the TV shows, a sci-fi show, and this Lance guy apparently didn't want to do it, so he'd always answer with like one word. What was it like to do with something? Fine. (laughs) And there'd be silence, you can hear the beads of sweat starting to form on, on the other guy's forehead. And I'd be, you know, I've, I, I would ten times rather talk to somebody who has a lot to say, and it's good stuff, and your stuff is always good stuff, so I'm always happy about that. So, why don't we dive right in and talk about what's going on right now. You've got this, these, a series of books called uh, Era of the Consortium. How, tell me what the, what the title is. I'll try and do it in my boss's accent, and I say this specifically because I know he'll listen to you later, and he'll make fun of me for saying it this way. Era the Consortium. Okay. <laughs> and because that's the way he says it whenever we're doing a panel or anything. Well, what is that? Is that is that a video game? What is it? A tabletop role-playing game hmm. that uh, uh, he's my best friend in the world. Hmm. Uh, um, I, I recently got engaged. He'll be best man at my wedding. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, I trust no one as much as I trust him in my life. Well, congratulations. His name is... Oh, thank you. Uh, his name's Ed Jowett, and okay. a couple of years ago, oof, eight now, nine, uh, he created a game called Era the Consortium, mm-hmm. that uh, tabletop role-playing game, uh, D10 for anybody that's a tabletop fan, mm-hmm. and it was one of the most expansive, interesting games I'd ever seen, with a 500-year history that you can just pick out a spot and play. Um, if you wanted to play Cowboys with Ray Guns, you could play that. If you wanted to go forward and play like in a Star Trek style, you could play that. Mm. If you wanted uh, rogues and uh, um, bounty hunters, you know, mm. kind of Star Wars-esque, you could play that. Because you just picked the spot in 500 years of a sci-fi history, and mm. you could play it. Oh, it was amazing. See, and it was one of the most boring reads I've ever had in my life. Oh, really? Because, you know, world building is something that I always appreciate. Uh, it's easy to drop into Marvel or the DC and try to, you know, you've got the rules are all set for you. But I love books that, that start from scratch and build something that mm-hmm. we can do. And that's the way with this is. It's great fun to read because, you know, we don't know anything going into it. And then you get to understand the story and the characters as yep. we go through. So I really like it. Now, let's see. As far as the credits go, you've got a couple of credits in this issue. You've got your co-writer with the previous mentioned Ed, and mm-hmm. you're doing lettering? 
Yep. And I think there's one other thing. Let me get my little. <clears throat> Unfortunately, my little thing moves up and down. So <laughs> graphic design. That's the other thing you're involved with. Yeah. Uh, for it, this is one of the few that I actually did the logo on. Um, oh. Which is why it's the least interesting logo of all of our logos. <laughs> well, I have to oh. tell you, logos are tough to make. Oh yeah, I think, and I think even within that, all I did was the mobilization. I didn't even do the bug war. Oh, I did really? like the the number three in mobilization off to the right. Oh, okay. Now, why don't you talk about the fact that this is the, the, you've got a Kickstarter going on for the third book right now, and that's the mobilization, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Um. Now, I do want to backpedal just a second. Okay. I, I ended up explaining Air the Consortium as the most boring thing I've ever read. Okay. Um, Ed hired me to do a rewrite for him, mm. and our relationship in uh, both uh, professional and personal has just expanded from there. Mm. And he asked me one day if I would sit down and write a comic set during what he thought was the most interesting part, the mm. first time humanity encounters another race. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a bunch of these giant ant-like creatures, mm. and uh, they think that these things are stupid. Um, you know, they carry around spears, and then so we show up with a fleet to just bombard them from orbit mm-hmm. and find out they have ships. Mm. And that's where this particular comic, Bug War Number Three, starts. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's a, it, you know the. We, I, I do want to talk about the first two before we get into but I do want to mention this. It says, get our latest comic on its limited edition print run. Enter the bug war at its height that we try to defend ourselves from the horde. And there's a part that talks about the two, what happens if you're the smartest person in the room but you're not in charge kind of set up. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, this story was really kind of interesting. I really read it because, you know, I mean, how many of us have worked for bosses that do not know what they're doing? And we have to kind of sort things out for them. You know, that kind of stuff. And that's kind yep. of what, although this, it's a little different with this, and I don't want to spoil much about it. But let's just say, you know, if you go into a war, you, you kind of have to be ready to, to, to battle with it and stuff like that. And not everybody in the story really is ready, I don't think. Yeah, this is a humanity that hasn't fought a real war in maybe a century, maybe more. Hmm. And even that was a civil war amongst itself. Right, right. Um, they, they, they've never encountered anything like this before. Hmm. i got to ask you something, though. On the title, it says Make 100 hyphen mobilization the bug war number three. What's Make 100? Hmm. Kickstarter occasionally bust out with these random, uh, let's do Kickstarters themed around this or that oh. or the other. Um you know, let's do a sci-fi one or a fantasy one. Mm-hmm. This particular one was do something that if there was only a hundred of, oh. people couldn't stop buying it, okay. and they and to be number one hundred and one mm. would drive me nuts. Okay. And so I wrote the most. If you miss this comic, you're missing something great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I do have to point out. Even as we're recording, the, the Kickstarter is going on. You've already reached your goal, and you've moved beyond it. So I imagine there's um, other good things coming along the way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, congratulations on that. But you've done a lot of Kickstarters by now. This is, oh, uh, as we've talked before, this is probably old hat for you by now. 
<laughs> and yet everyone makes me kind of choke, right? <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you're looking at that big green button, you're going, oh, is this going to be the one to bomb? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the the interesting thing about it, they always call it the daily heart attack. You keep calling it up, keep calling it up, hoping somebody else has pledged to do it and stuff like that. And I have pledged, by the way, for this, just so people know. And I just, I got such a kick out of it because it does let stories come to us that we probably wouldn't have access to other in other ways. So I'm always happy about that. Now, you did Kickstarters for all three of these comics, right? Yep. Um, the second one actually got Kickstarted twice mm-hmm. in that there was more to the story that I wanted to tell. And each issue is a standalone issue. Mm-hmm. So we actually kickstarted the second one, part two, uh, so that I could finish that story up. Hmm. Interesting, because I've got to, you know, you and I have talked about the fact that I, I think you do some of the best female characters in comics today. <laughs> and I always, this one does not have that, well, you do, she does show, show up towards the end. But the mm-hmm. you, I think reading the first two adds a little something to the number three, since I got to read them. Number one is about uh, the consortium, and it's about a change of leadership. And I don't want to spoil stuff. But let's just say that the person who ends up in charge is a woman. And she's got really interesting... She has to make a lot of growth happen in a hurry because of what's happening to her. And I really liked it. I thought the way you did it, you you tell us who she was, and then by the end of the book, we see who she is. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. See, I, I think too many comics... And I, I'm sure I've mentioned this to you before. You know, Batman's got to be at the end of the book. He's still got to be Batman so somebody else can pick it up in case this writer's not doing it again. He can't change that much. Yep. And so the great thing about indie comics like yours, you can do whatever you want. You can have character growth. You can kill off a main character if you want to, if they feel the story would go better in a different direction. You can do all kinds of wonderful stuff. That's why I always recommend like your books and other indie comics because you get real storytelling Instead of a franchise extension, <laughs> in my mind. And don't get me wrong, I love Batman. I, Batman's my guy. But as <laughs> far too. as storytelling goes, I don't always want to know what the ending's going to be. I want to I, I want to discover it. And that's what your books, I think, that's one of the great things that you do is you, you tell a story that we don't know what you're going to do at the end. <clears throat> I've always liked writing a story where the good guy can lose. Mm-hmm. It is in the cards. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful stuff because I have to tell you that uh, I have read so many times when I said to her, okay, now this is going to happen and that's going to happen. I get so discouraged when I know it's going to happen before. I get to even towards the end of the book. And I just, with your stories, I don't know. And I love that. I love not knowing. <laughs> you know, I think that's such a great thing. When the first story, we kind of find out what happened to the lady who was in charge before the current <laughs> woman. And I have to say, I was really shocked by what happened to that person. And I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, <clears throat> see, this is the thing about when you're doing something that's kind of sci-fi <coughs> slash horror things, you can do those kinds of things and, and you can surprise us and startle us with that. And I think that's what that did for me. <laughs> oh, there's actually an expansion to Air of the Consortium that I think you'd love reading the story too. Okay. And I, I really hope I get to put a comic in that uh, setting at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, he let me do sci-fi horror. Mm. 
Because, <laughs> you know, this one really got me. I have to say, I really liked it. And issue two was a very different one from number four. This one, you know, the, the, the person that we come to know on the first book is in the second book, but she's kind of pulling the strings more this time. And mm-hmm. we get to see people, you know, they send somebody out to kind of discover who these aliens are. And I have to say, I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised that uh, their culture was as developed as it was. Because that oh, makes the whole war thing a, a lot harder. I mean, if they're just evil, terrible people, you know, you can shoot them as long as you, all day long. Who cares? But what you've done is you added a lot to the characters, and I thought. And it doesn't mean that they're all bad. It doesn't mean that they're all good. But you've got to find out what's going on. And you even, you know, you again, here's this case where you've got the guy that did out, went and did the, the, the research. And we think that he is not surviving at one point, which I was, I was surprised. I mean, I sat there going, oh, man, I hope well, he survives. And I think in his own way he didn't because mm-hmm. the man that faces uh, uh, the person who takes over the consortium mm-hmm. at the end is very much not the self-satisfied, mm-hmm. perfect man that you meet at the beginning of the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so in his own way, he doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that, though. But see, as we talked a little earlier already, character growth, I mean, it makes for interesting reading. It really does. And I wish more people would do that because <clears throat> I've got to know, or I want to see what's going on. You know, how did this person get to be the way they are? I always love how things develop. And that's what I think your books are always so enchanting because they make me... They, they inform me as to what's going on. And of course, you're never going to keep the status quo all the time. And that, that always leaves me wondering, you know, what, what are you going to do next? So when I read the second book, which is called Infiltration, which of course the guy, the human guy goes to infiltrate the, the, the aliens. I really liked that book because it, it, it showed me, I, just, I, I really despise where the aliens are sort of mustache twirling villains and stuff like that. And I thought you developed them in such a way, even though they're not human, there's still some peop- something we can relate to or understand. And I thought that was real important. Uh, a lot of that, because um, I wrote that because, oh, trying to think of how to say it best, but I was born in uh, Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana, originally. Mm-hmm. And you grew up around cultures that and were part of these cultures that were only reflections of what they'd been 100 or 200 years before. And I can still remember sitting in class and having this woman who, you know, her great-grandfather was enslaved. Mm -hmm. And she goes, now I'm going to teach you a part of history class that's not in your books. Mm -hmm. My people were not a bunch of spear-chucking, and she'd rattle off a a bunch of other things that Mm -hmm. probably aren't very polite. Mm -hmm. And... I'm going to tell you about my culture. I'm going to tell you about my myths. I'm going to tell you about the people that were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had people that were that they introduced themselves as Mayans, that they were the descendants of the Mayans that were there. Mm-hmm. And we had people that were descendants of Egyptians that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of them intermixed. And that was the Cajuns, and that was the Creole. Mm-hmm. And it gave me an appreciation for the cultures that a lot of people on Earth think of as, oh, they're backwards, they're 
living in huts, etc. Mm-hmm. And you're like, their, their culture is no less developed than ours. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Um, to the point at which I have driven fr- in parts of Africa and dropped less calls than when I drive through Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Their tech is perfectly fine. Mm. It's so interesting because I always talk about ignorance being a, 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 a hindrance so much of the time. And I think the more we get to understand, like a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed uh, David F. Walker, who wrote this book and just came out called um, It's a Life and, and I think The Life of Frederick Douglass. Oh, yeah. I just I got done listening to that a, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I, I was so. He started saying things that I did not know. Of course, one of the great things I love about comics is when they teach me something. And with that book, I really loved that book and the stuff he told me about. Frederick Douglass's life, I was just, you know, see, if you understand those kinds of things, you begin to understand, because he was talking about the influence that, that that person has even till today. And, see, that's the kind of thing I really like. I, I, I love when a comic, you know, to quote Star Trek, that it takes me where I haven't been before. <laughs> and I, that's well, what your books do. I mean, you go places and tell stories that I haven't read before, and I always appreciate that. And that's something I really was shooting for with this third book is the first book showed you what happened when one thing in a world changed Mm -hmm. and how it changed this person who, from her, a single will moved not one world, but a whole solar system. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. billions of lives are suddenly under her control. Mm -hmm. And in the second, you see the direct influence she has, the people that she can change by giving an order. Mm-hmm. And then this third book, it's even further removed. Mm-hmm. These are people who didn't even know where their orders were coming from. They were just soldiers, just people following orders. Mm-hmm. And then they have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. All based on that one thing that happened right at the beginning of the first book. Right, right. It's just fascinating reading. It's interesting that sometimes science fiction is the best way to learn about people because you can tell stories that are not politically charged, let's say, as, as we go through today. You get to see people in a different environment. We get to look at it as an outsider might. And that, that's one of the things I think you excel at real well is, is <laughs> setting up these people and making them something really interesting to, to learn about and to study. And then I can go back and go through my own life and kind of figure, oh, okay, that reminds me of that comic that does. So it, it, it's really a well-done book. I really like it. Oh, thank you. Now, the thing I'm interested to, I, I, I can't spoil it, but the last page is really interesting in the book. Let, let's just say stuff that I really was intrigued by. There were some things have happened over time that I didn't expect. A little Star Trek in nature, but... I really like the way that it, that it resolved itself with that. Which leads me to a question. Is number three the last of the series? Um, it is the last. When I originally sat down, I wanted to write a three-part series. Mm-hmm. And I did write a fourth one mm-hmm. in which it was, uh, it was one of those things that I sat down and read it later and I went, you know what? This would be good as a final page to the third one, not mm-hmm. its own book. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, it's a, a very impactful final page. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm tooting my own horn. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have 
a man doing what he's doing on that final thing, mm-hmm. not so much a comic unto itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, That's not saying I'll never revisit the setting, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I'm done. Okay, well, I, you, you do wrap the story up in a satisfying way. And I, oh, thanks. I, again, I won't, I won't spoil it because I think people need to look at it to get the impact of the story. But I was very, very impressed with that area. You know, I can't say anything else because I don't want to blow the, the, the endings. And I wouldn't, I never want to do that. <laughs> but it, it really turned out well. So now, okay, you're being a success with the Kickstarter. You've, you've met, met your goal and you've got more than that coming and hopefully some more. When mm-hmm. does the Kickstarter end? Five days from the recording, which I believe by the time you release it on Sunday, right? Yep. Um, that leaves us four, three. I don't know. I think it's uh, in, in <laughs> January eighteenth. Yeah, it's Friday according to the, the website. Yep. Nine, nine o'clock in the Eastern time zone. So there's still time to jump on board. Uh, have you got other little you know goodies that come in now that you've met your uh, you met your goal and you've got more than that? Do you have mm-hmm. other things in mind for people? I do have some ideas. Uh, and of course, if anybody shows up and says, hey, Wayne's Comic Podcast sent me, I got something special waiting for you. Uh, that's cool. Very cool. <laughs> so, okay. So, the the bug war is basically concluding, shall we say. And do you know when the, the, the books are going to hit? The people that order them, uh, when are they going to be delivered? Uh, I'm actually done with them. Um, oh, really? It, it's you actually got the finished version, the the oh. test read I sent you. Oh wow! wow. Um, I, I went through and I corrected a spelling error on one page, but that yeah. was about it. Yeah. Uh, well, as proofreaders, you well know that you're always going to find something you want to fix oh. before the whole world gets to see it. Oops! I need to fix that. <laughs> yeah. As we were sitting here, I'm like, I, I said this one thing out of order about pie. Mm-hmm. Oh, what page was that on? I gotta make a note. <laughs> <laughs> it's you can't help it. You read your own stuff. You gotta yep. do it. So, well, I, I've also learned never second guess your own joke. No, it's funny the first time. No joke is funny the second time. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about other things that you're up to right now. You've Ooh, got. I got one. I know you like. Okay. What's that? I'm lettering Blue Shift 2. Really? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. I love Blue Shift 1, the the, the woman who's a speedster. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. I like that book a lot. So, is that that's what's keeping you busy right now? Yep. That's actually what I spent today doing, is I was uh, working on lettering it. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'd like to see that. Do you know when that's going to hit? Not off the top of my head. I okay. guess you'll just have to follow us and be okay. ready when it comes out. All right. Well, that's a perfect <laughs> intro to how do we keep in touch with what you're doing and keep up with your uh, your projects. Well, Ed gave me control, and I bet he's debating whether he wanted to or not, to our Twitter account, hmm. which is shades underscore of underscore venge. Okay. V-E-N-G-E. Or if you just go to uh, at Wayne Comics, I'm sure I'll have replied to several of his comics, especially about this podcast. Okay. That'll be good. Now, uh, Facebook? Yep. Shades of Vengeance on Facebook. All right. And uh, we have an Instagram as well. Oh, boy. Oh, and now I'm going to second guess myself about what it is. (laughs) 
I think it's SOV Comics. I might be wrong about that. Well, you can always look it up and, and, and do a search <laughs> yep. and find it down there. So that's good. Is there anyone that you prefer? Um, If you're looking to talk to me specifically, I I always have a Twitter tab open on my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking to talk to Ed, he likes to be on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Instagram's on my phone, so mm-hmm. if you really want to grab my attention, follow the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you're working on that. Are there other projects you're working on that we should be aware of? Well, if you like sci-fi, mm-hmm. we're about to release another sci-fi comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to come after Blue Shift, mind you, so, okay. so don't get too excited about it. Okay. And then, oh, what's the other thing we're doing right now? Oh, let me find it real quick. Okay. Because uh, somebody like you, I'm sure, has got lots of irons in the fire. And some of them I'm sure you can't talk about. But the ones you can talk about are always worth knowing. So we can <laughs> do it. Now, you've had these other – you've mentioned one of the, the books. Do you want to mention the other ones that you've done besides Blue Shift? Oh, Violet, I think um, you did. The, the thing that we're doing right now for two pounds, which is like $3 American – Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we did a a tabletop role playing game that you can buy for like the digital version for just like three dollars, mm. and it's unlike most tabletop role playing games you ever played before. Mm-hmm. So uh, Wayne, mm-hmm. when I say D and D, Pathfinder, etc., what you usually imagine is one guy sitting in front of a screen mm-hmm. and he tells the story to the three or four or five people gathered round, right? Right, right. Lie era liars. Is the opposite of that. Hmm. You're the GM, are like a bartender, and three or four people wander into your bar, sit down, and they have they got a story to tell you. Hmm. And as they tell the story, maybe you as the bartender buy it, and maybe you don't, mm-hmm. and you can challenge them. Oh, I don't think you leaped in full plate armor off a mountain and fought a dragon. Mm-hmm. You don't look tough enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's where the dice rolls and everything call, come in. Hmm. Um, it's uh, also got seven days to go. Oh, really? Is that is that a Kickstarter right now? Yep. It's, it's another one of the Make 100s. Oh. It's Make 100 colon Era Liars. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Now, what's your role in this game? Um, Actually, I didn't have a ton to deal with it. What happened was... Um, I field tested it with my mom. Okay. Uh, my mom is a kindergarten teacher. She's been a kindergarten teacher longer than you or I have been alive, Wayne. <laughs> and she noticed that if you could draw a story out of somebody, because mm-hmm. you always have these quiet students in class, you know? Mm-hmm. If you could draw a story out of them and get them talking and then get them used to talking, mm-hmm. It would develop the speech skills and then the reading skills, you know, kindergarten teacher, mm-hmm. that would last them a lifetime. Mm-hmm. To the point of which, locally, the high school, you know, because you know they pull from five different elementary schools, turn into the middle school, turn into the high school, because mm-hmm. a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, the high school would call her up, like different teachers would call her up and go, "Hey, did this kid used to be yours?" Because they could pick my mom's students out of a classroom 12 Hmm. years later. Hmm. And I wanted to capture that in a game and saw the game that Ed and his team were putting together. And I wanted to make sure that this game could do that. So Hmm. that's my influence on the game. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Okay. It was good. We need more of that kind of stuff. I, I think creative storytelling is just something that people don't do enough of. You know, and, and you you learn you're good at it or you're bad at it, and then you can you know you you can go forward. You know, it's like musicians. People sit down at the piano and they start to do stuff with it, and or singing and stuff like that. You begin to understand you have skills, and that sounds like a great way for people to understand whether they, they could grow up to be writers. Oh, I'm always looking forward to some new talent. Mm-hmm. Because there's many stories out there that have yet to be told. So many people seem to look at comics and say, well, that's it. We've done all we can possibly do. And I'm always going <laughs> like, nope. I think there's there are people out there who have stories that would shock us and surprise us. Oh, yes. You know, before we heard of Alan Moore, he had all these wonderful ideas going on in his head. He still <laughs> does, I think. We just don't get to see him so much anymore. And I, I uh. think that people need to be able to, to do those kinds of things. Yeah, you, you got to be able to challenge the world around you, and then tell you the story. Tell the story that you see in your mind of what could happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, and and I think that see, like your stories help us understand other people. We get to see people and how they, where they came from, and where they're going, and those kinds of things. And I think the best stories do that kind of stuff. The, it's not a video game. It's not like like, like a shooter where we're shooting guns at people as we go through, you are learning about the person as as well as the story advancing. And I think that's always a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it's what I'm always shooting for. Uh, sometimes I think I hit it more than I hit it in other places. But uh, I think with this one, I really captured someone who, he's like you and me. He's just going through his day, mm-hmm. and then he has a chance to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Now, we should mention, I think, of course, uh, you uh, use the British versions or, or, or different versions of English than, than Americans are used to. Because mobilization mm-hmm. has an S instead of a Z. Yep. So you want, might, might want to be aware of that. being a, a British company, and then on top of it, uh, English was actually, depending on how you count, my second or third language. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. What, what languages do you speak? <laughs> languages that are not even used anymore. Cajun French and Cajun Spanish. Really? Um, Cajun Spanish is not too different from Cuban, but I've discovered a lot of the times I can't understand Mexican Spanish. Hmm. Interesting. Cause... Uh, just different dialects. You know, it's like yeah. uh, uh, somebody from Maine with that real thick uh, kind of slow drawl yeah. versus somebody from Georgia with that southern drawl. Yeah. Uh, uh, or talking to somebody from... Ireland with that, you know, Irish broke. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that they're speaking different languages, no. just the dialects are different. Right, right. And the, the, the phraseologies may be different. They yep. may look at things. like It's like if you go to, in uh, when I was studying Spanish, I, I spent a summer in Mexico. And one of the things they said, you know, we used the phrase, they hit the ceiling. If you say they hit the ceiling, they think you're up there on the top of a ladder with a hammer banging mm-hmm. on the ceiling. It's not like you go and you popped out and hit the ceiling. So it's very different. That, isn't that kind of a challenge, though, when you're writing for audiences to, to understand the best oh, ways to communicate stuff that people will get it? If we have anybody in the audience who wants to be a writer and they have trouble because they are constantly running into this problem of using a phrase or a terminology or making a reference to something that 
it's not going to hold up. It's going to be dated 10 minutes after it's been printed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Ready Player One. <laughs> um, yeah. Sit down and write a far future, they've forgotten the past, science fiction. Mm-hmm. So are they going to do some references? Yeah, because some things will have made it, but not everything. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when I watched Ready Player One, there was sometimes I just sat there and thought, "There's no way they'd say that. Mm-hmm. There's no way they'd say that." So you know, it's a struggle. You know, I understand you want the audience to get it, but on the other hand, you have to be true to the era that you're writing. It's like I had a friend of mine who was writing a western, mm-hmm. and his phraseology was was very much inner city, and I was like, "They're not going to talk like that." That's not what they do, because, you know, you, you've got to... Now, granted, you know, there's certain sensibilities they had in the West that probably wouldn't go over. Right mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I like things that are true to the era, you know. Mad Men was really popular because it actually showed the way that they did things back in the 50s. Was it right? Oh, yeah. Was it wrong? No, it was the way they did it, you know. Things um, change. They, they used five minutes just to talk about uh, contraceptives in like the first episode of Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you ever have to watch that with your parents, it's one of the most five most uncomfortable minutes of your life. <laughs> um, but it was a reminder to everyone, you have no idea how free you are mm-hmm. until you've seen what a lack of freedom really looks like. Mm-hmm. Boy, is that true. You know, we take it, you know, we're really happy for where we are. But we're also critical of things that aren't necessarily what we agree with. <clears throat> I've always wish, I wish right these days we could use the phrase that we haven't used in a long time. We agree to disagree. Oh, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> we don't use that yep. anymore. And no, I, no. I think we lose a lot when we do those kinds of things. So, okay, these are the things that you're working on. We got Number three is going to end on the 18th. Mm-hmm. At 9 p.m. on a Friday, so you want to make sure you get in because you know the goals Rhett, is met. And so what you're going to need to do is you're going to get any of the little goodies that you offer are going to be mm-hmm. included with that. So you want to definitely jump on it. Dude, there's some signed copies if you get in nice and quick here. I think we only have a few left. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. So okay, you're working on. We know what you're working on next. Mm-hmm. And the Blue Shift, I think, will be the next comic I release. Okay. And then I've got a. Uh, I, I've wanted to write a giant robot story since Ed told me that there are giant robots that were developed because of the Bug War. Um, so I, I've written a comic that occurs about a hundred years after the Bug War. That's going to show up. Uh, is that next on your plate after you said after uh, uh, Blue Shift? Yep, after Blue Shift two. Uh, I'm going to go back and do a sci-fi comic. Mm. Our sci-fi comics never sell as well as the superhero ones, but they're they're really fun to write. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, you can do anything, and that's the the pleasure part of it. I, I like sci-fi storytelling. I really do. Mm-hmm. So, because I think to me, I, I like not knowing what's going to happen. You know, there's some friends of mine who said, "I need to know the end of the story before I'll read the story." <laughs> and I'm like, what? Doesn't that ruin the reading if you know what's going to happen? So I don't know. But, oh, this is, but this is a writer's thing. Mm-hmm. Once you've gotten used to the tropes, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, um, pick up Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Do you think that ring's getting chucked into the fire at the end? Well, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So it becomes not the end. It becomes the journey, which is all of Lord of the Rings entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, do the good guys win? Yeah, probably. Are, are the bad guys going to lose? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. It Instead, the story, the interesting part becomes, especially for the modern era of writing, mm-hmm. what happens in between. Mm-hmm. We don't have good guys lose anymore. We we haven't done that since Greek times, really. Well, we we did it. It was done once recently, and some people were real upset about it. And that was the Infinity War. And oh the, yeah, the conclusion oh. drove some people nuts. Around line, these people were sobbing and crying, and they couldn't take it. <laughs> and I was like, but 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 there's a, another part coming. Oh, I was running a convention, uh, uh, one of our booths at a convention right after Infinity of Wars. And uh, no spoilers, people. The Someone was dressed up as the Tenth Doctor, mm-hmm. and someone was – and they were, they were brothers mm-hmm. – was dressed up as uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, with his mask off so you, you know they could talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And they were both holding a sign, mm-hmm. we're not ready to go. <laughs> It's. I, I still remember this woman comes walking, like speed walking past us, and yells at both of them. I hate you both, and keeps going. <laughs> That's funny. Sometimes I think we 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 we're a little too invested in stuff. Well, but, I think people forget that heroes are people. Yeah, they are not Hercules, grandiose and invincible. Right. Even Hercules had his faults. No. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So okay, so we know what you're coming up to right now, and we've got. Let's see. The one Kickstarter we've already said is on January 18th. What was? When does the other one end? Oh, like seven days from now. I don't remember. So roughly. About, I think next Saturday or Sunday next. Okay, Monday. so they're coming together. So we need to. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that we get in on those on those things right away. Oh, especially that other one. Uh, it's at like 500 times capacity already. Uh, oh. So if you're you're wanting one of those 100 onlys, uh, get in there quick. Okay. All right, so we'll do those kinds of good things. And are you going to Kickstarter Blue Shift 2? Of course. I'm okay. a few bucks short. <laughs> okay. Because I notice you don't put big amounts in there because there's some people I know who want $20,000. And I'm going, through, boy, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be able to get that much. But well, I've uh, always believed that if you ain't willing to front your own cash, then you don't really believe in the book. Mm. So, yeah, but I'm poor. Um, so I only ever try to ask for as much money as I'm short. Okay. And I'm always a little bit short. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's actually good because Kickstarter is one way to advertise your books and get them out there in people's you know, eyes. So mm-hmm. it's always a good thing to do. So but there was one guy who put a Kickstarter up, and he had nothing to show for it. He just had an idea. <laughs> if you give me money, I'll put this. I'll make this idea real. And everybody said, you might just take the money and run with it. You know, we have no idea that you're really serious about this. Yeah. Oh, I'm serious, the guy goes. And we went, yeah, okay. He got <laughs> very little money pledged to it. So he, he, didn't, he stopped doing the Kickstarter thing. I think that was smart on his part. Do something first. Show us that you're interested. Yep. Put your money where your mouth is. Then you can ask for more money. That's right. Anything else that we should know that uh, you're involved with? Um, I, I'm on Wade's Comics Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a li- li- little bit of kissing. <laughs> 
So, well, you've mentioned a bunch of things, so those are going to keep you busy for a while. We'll have to talk again sometime in the near future. But I'm glad that things are are going along particularly well with the Kickstarters. And, boy, I can't wait for these things to come out. I, I think this is going to be great fun to have. I remember you were a big Blue Shift fan, so I knew you would be excited that I started lettering it. See, speedsters are always a challenge to writers because how can you do something? I mean, if they can move in the blink of an eye, you mm-hmm. know, how do you challenge that person? There was a guy I knew who said he developed the ultimate superhero, the speed of the Flash and the claws of Wolverine. He'd cut you into bits before you'd even know that you were cut. <laughs> and I said, you know, and, and you think Superman's too strong, huh? And uh, so for me, I, I'm always like, no, I, I, I like a little bit. But see, this is where Superman struggles today, too, I think, because they don't know how to challenge him quite. If he's <laughs> moral and he's always going to make the right choice, the correct choice, it's hard to do. See, for Batman, is, you're not exactly certain what he's going to think is the right thing mm-hmm. at that time. So anyway. There's a certain amount of moral ambiguity. Yeah. Um, we, Ed and I had a debate one day about um, – Lawful, neutral, lawful, mm-hmm. good, and um, what does lawful evil look like? <laughs> and uh, the only answer I could come up with is Darth Vader. Mm. And the interesting other thing is, from a certain point of view, mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah, he, he's True. willing to go to any lengths to win, with, as long as it falls within his laws and guidelines of what's okay. Right. Right. So. See, that's the thing. Uh, Batman is, is a puzzle many times. But, you know, I still have the problem, like I said before, about you've got to end up where Batman is still Batman, and you've got to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little, I won't keep you much longer, but I'm always a little perturbed about what they're doing with Nightwing. <laughs> you know, he gets his brain kind of fried, and now other people are being Nightwing. And he's joining a yep. team of Nightwings, apparently, yep. in his book. And I'm always going like... I don't know. You know, they always say that they shouldn't have so many Batman running around. It should be Batman and Robin and nobody else. <laughs> but I think it's a lack of creativity on that. There's an artist friend of mine who recently started working for DC, so I'm not going to name drop him. Mm-hmm. Who uh, he he did an interesting like uh, one panel comic of uh, Superman dating Wonder Woman, and this was right during the New Fifty Two when it was mm-hmm. revealed that that was going to be a relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Wonder Woman is asking him, where do you see us in five years? And Superman is going, broken up for some completely arbitrary reason, because eventually all fan fiction will be canon in the DC universe. (laughs) That's funny, because I knew that relationship was doomed. (laughs) Everybody, Superman and Lois Lane is, is and when finally they scrapped it and... Back to Lois Lane and stuff. Whenever they do an, an alternate universe where it's not Lois Lane, she's got somebody else. I'm always going, nah, never last. Never last. So. Now, the only relationship I ever believed was Wonder Woman and Batman. Yes. Um, because finally this was someone that Batman could reveal himself to because who the heck of his rogue gallery could ever really hurt Wonder Woman? That's right. That's right. And vice versa, here's a man that could probably keep up with Wonder Woman so she could like him. Yeah. I, they did that a lot in Justice League Unlimited, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they hint at it occasionally in the comics, but nothing's going to come of it because he, he, she's back with Steve Rogers. Or not, no, Steve. Uh, 
can't remember her last name, but anyway. Steve Rogers. I was like, she's with Captain America now. Yeah, no, she's with the. I can't remember his name, but anyway, he's the Christopher he's, Pike. Yeah, I know that's not his name, but that's how I think of him. Yeah, yeah, he did a good job with that. I have to say. So yeah, I'm anyway. impressed with it. So as as far as like video games and stuff like that, do you ever? I'd like to see some of these made into video games. <laughs> you know, Bug Wars, I think, would be a uh, real hey, fun. Hey, if you know a programmer. Yeah. But doesn't your company... Actually, doesn't I got the programmer. I need a... I, I need a... Um, uh, uh, the art designer hmm. that can do it in 3D. That's what I'm needing right now. Hmm. Well, unfortunately, I can't help you with that. But uh, <laughs> it would be great. I'd love to see it because uh, I think your stories would work really well in video game format. And, you know, you would actually have a story involved. Mm-hmm. Which is so hard to come by in, in video games. It's usually punching and kicking and shooting, and I'm just kind of, after five minutes, I'm bored. Oh, you're going to love Blue Shift 2 so much. <laughs> well, I can't wait. You'll have to let me know. When that, when that comes out, we'll talk again, and we'll, we'll get that up to date. <laughs> you stuff. know I will. We're in Comixology now. Like, finally, almost all of our comics are in Comixology. <laughs> Jonathan... Much success. You've already got lots of good, successful things going on, so I'm, I'm very happy to see all that, and I wish you more success. And this things just continue to blossom, and hopefully new doors will open themselves, and you get even more things to do that you want to do. I think that'd be wonderful. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for the blessings, too. You have no idea what it means to have it come from you, Wayne. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So we'll talk again soon. need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne as a man from flesh and blood I can be ignored I can be destroyed but as a symbol get the latest from the comics universe news interviews previews and reviews listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics podcast so you can keep reading your comics That's it for this week. Please be back next time when I'll be speaking with another great comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.